This episode is sponsored by Overcast, a better podcast app than whatever you're using right now. Unless it's Overcast. Get Overcast for free on the App Store. It's so good to see you in the afternoon. Okay, Peter Kim, it's so exciting to see you in the afternoon. It's Monday afternoon. Randomly, we had this time free, so we're like, let's knock out this episode. I'm so excited. Same. Welcome back to the Ajima Show. Welcome. And welcome uh, back to a Monday welcome. recording during the day. Like, all this Hello? stuff is... Hello? We're efficient. Yeah, this We're is feeling retro. good. <laughs> well, as every show, we're going to start off with our favorite section. It's time for Kick-Ass Koreans. Yeah. yeah! Okay. My Kick-Ass Korean today mm-hmm. is the executive director at... The Asian American Federation. Okay. Her name is Joanne Yu. Okay. And she has been, um, she started out as a, a manager, of, director of communication services, and now worked her way up to the executive director. She's been there for 10 years now. Wow. And uh, how I got to know her is because I've been reading, I see, I've seen her name pop up in a few articles in the last couple of weeks. Okay. And she has been, she's based in New York City and she, um, the Asian American Federation is the place where, uh, at least as New York as the hub, they, they're counting up all these Asian hate crime attacks. Oh. And between 20 to 20, 2020 to 2021, one advocacy group tallied nearly 11,000 hate incidents. Wow. And that's... T- <laughs> That's too much. Yeah. In one year. Okay. Yeah. So this is not normal, folks. All right. And I, you know, in our podcast, we can't be always taking about talking about fucking Asian hate crimes. But just know that when we're not talking about it, shit is happening. I know. Okay. And this woman, Joanne Yu, the executive director, she is fielding these day to day to day as a New Yorker, in her own words, afraid to take the subway anymore. And something wow. has to happen. You know, this is just not, it, it, it's not sustainable, this amount of, uh, of crime and, and hate and aggression. And I, I just want to point out one thing. She said there was a Slate article uh, last week that came out and the interviewer asked her, you know, um, with Michelle Goh's death, Christina Lee's, mm-hmm. Yoon Lee's death, um, you know, uh, both of these women were assaulted yeah. by someone with mental illness. It's a big and problem. Yeah. It's a huge problem. Yeah. And the interviewer asks, you know, and, and not just mental illness, but a history of violence and a history mm-hmm. uh, of, you know, instability, homelessness, et cetera. The interviewer asks, do you think that complicates the story? And does it frustrate you that neither of these cases have been classified as a hate crime, even though they were both attacks on Asian women? And she says, it doesn't frustrate me. It gives me a great moment to pause for a lot of empathy. Mm. And the interviewer asks, empathy towards the perpetrators? And she says, yes. Mm -hmm. And the homeless population in general. And that's what makes it even harder for the victims. Because after Christina Lee's death, as a Korean-American woman... She talks about how she fell into a deep depression mm-hmm. where she was sitting in days, just sit at the computer and look out the window and just cry yeah. and think about her life um, and, and her family. And she goes into explaining how like 
she doesn't understand what justice looks like for the vulnerable. And there's a lot of anger in the community because, you know, these are homeless people and no one's helping them. Right. So now they're out harming people, mm-hmm. you know, and because we are made to be invisible and because we are made to be, you know, quote, model minority or whatever, like where our pain is not taken seriously. Right. They and especially because these people who are attacking us happen to be of other minority groups mm-hmm. who are of another minority group, the mentally ill. Right. It's all these people that structurally we don't give a fuck about. Right. And it's like, why would a white cop care? Right. Everyone is invisible in this case. Yeah. Everyone They're is like, nothing's happening. <laughs> They're getting rid of each other. Right. Hurrah. And it, people like Joanne Yu are in on the forefront mm-hmm. working for an organization like the Asian American Federation. So I and I can't be. Just physically, mentally, spiritually, I can't be where she is. Right. She's taking so the I just want to yeah. give it up. I just want to give it up to Joanne. Yay. I mean, truly, like, this is not a black, white. Like, it's so crazy to me that the interviewer was like, isn't it, isn't it upset you that it complicates things? I was like, it should upset you that this is a reality. It should yeah. upset you that any part of this situation is a reality in the wealth, one of the wealthiest nations in the world. Hello? Like, I mean, that should be... We have fiber optic Wi-Fi. Like, why can't this person have um, a place to sleep, some medication, a support structure, like an infrastructure in our government that is so overly complicated and has so much funds, but this dude couldn't find help. That's not... I don't know if you saw that Twitter video of the LAPD, like, um, uh, helicopters watching a guy, like, run away... You know what I mean? Yeah. Like in the neighborhoods. And I'm like, and the whole Twitter sphere is about, this is how you're using our money. Right. Tracking this dude. Like what is happening? I mean, you have that little to do. I mean, the reason why it seems that complicated, right. Is because the justice that's right. That the media wants to have meted out is mm-hmm. patriarchal, punitive, and um, totally white centered. Right. So they're like, isn't it crazy that like white people aren't the center of this and someone's going to go straight to jail, that it's not like straight up this person is evil. It's like more of this nuanced right. situation. And it's like it's actually always like this. There's very yeah. rarely a case where people are not acting violently out of pure evil. And a lot of the time they are fucking white. <laughs> like people that are just yeah. like straight up like serial killers and stuff like that. Like and then even that when you talk about mental illness, like these are all problems. It's an endemic, it's an American fucking problem. You know, I've mm-hmm. talked about it on this show before, but man- mental illness in America very specifically manifests inside of violence. Not the schizophrenics in India aren't doing this. The schizophrenics <laughs> in fucking Norway aren't freaking out like this. They're not. They're just like they're chilling. They're painting. Yeah, they're like wow. They're hearing voices and creating art. Yeah, they're like worried about their family. They're paranoid about like other shit. Here, it manifests inside of racist violence. Now, you tell me who's sick. Mm. Like who inside of the situation is a symptom, and who is a disease? To me, the disease is American capitalism. The way that we're operating. And, and the mentally ill, the way that they're behaving is the symptom, right? You cannot Absolutely. treat that. You have to treat the cancer. And I think it's so great. So my kick-ass Korean is very similarly uh, aligned inside of the community, but it's like so heartening to hear 
Korean American political activists talking about things in a very nuanced way, where empathy is at the core of their activism, right? And, and so my kick-ass Korean this week is uh, Yoon Choi. She has been working for a training pro- uh, program to address domestic violence in the Korean American community. Mm. Crazy. So she very specifically is working with pastors to learn how to talk about this. Mm. And you know this from, you know, personal experience, all of, you know, this inside of our community, women do not speak up. Um, And even if they do try, it's hard for them to find help inside of shelters, especially if they're they're not um, English speaking or don't Mm -hmm. have a lot of um, monetary power. So a lot of times churches are where they would might want to go. So teaching pastors how to deal with domestic violence situations, um, you know, whereas like so much inside of the immigrant community and Korean American is about like just uh, chama, right? Mm-hmm, <laughs> like mm-hmm. just fucking persevere, white knuckle it out, bitch. Like life isn't that long. <laughs> like hopefully life is short and sweet and, uh, you know, like a, the sweet re- release of death situation, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so um, th- she's an associate professor at the University of Georgia School of Social Work. And mm-hmm. she wanted to work with the faith community to address this issue. And it's in 2018 is when she started creating this like um, like an actual training prop. Like as like a true social scientist, this bitch has like a uh, training module, you know, virtual case scenarios, like an online mm. course to be able to tell and help pastors, right? Um, cool. How to counsel these people. Now, I thought that this was an incredible um, like instance where someone of our own community um, is helping a very specific problem and helping it in a way that demonstrates an understanding of the community. To reach out to the pastors, that bitch is smart. That is like fucking a savvy ass move because like it, otherwise it would just been money going to like a social program, a cultural center. But the fact that, that she's reaching out to pastors, that to me indi- um, is indicative of a very deep understanding of what will actually work. That this is like, this is about a- efficacy. Right. This is about longevity. It's about actually enacting change. Like this is like a social work lady with like fucking. I mean, this prop situation. I was like, I gasped when I saw it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, that's my kick as Korean. Um, She moved to the States in 93. She's been helping um, women since then. She's always worked in council and social work as a counselor, as an advocate at um, Womenkind, which was then known as the New York Asian Women's Center. Um, and actually founded the country's second domestic violence program for Asian Americans. Um, so, like, a very special person. Um, the training program is actually being uh, co-sponsored by two prominent Korean-led social service organizations. Um, in Virginia, the Korean Community Service Center and Kanwin in Chicago. So, nice. yeah. So, those are, that's my kick-ass Korean. Uh, Kia! Kia! <laughs> Check those folks out. Follow them on their socials. Support them on their Patreons. Speaking of Patreon, you can support us on our Patreon. <laughs> at Ajuma Show, we are almost at 50 Patreons, and we said 40 to 50. Yes. We're going to pick someone in random and send you a Fairfax swag from the show Fairfax on Amazon, mm-hmm. now available for streaming. Yes. Go check it out. 
And um, we only have two more people until the the be one sweepstakes of those ends. Yeah, be, be one, one of those people. people. Yeah, I mean, be one of those people. This is fair facts, not fair view. <laughs> no, it is not fair view. The other cartoon that um, currently has a three on Rotten Tomatoes has a three. Three percent. Three percent. I've never seen anything that low. Chincha. <gasps> Three percent? I've never seen anything that low. You said three. I was like, "What you mean, stars?" No, percent. I rot tomatoes. Oh, more, 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 more. I'm gonna have to go to Rotten Tomatoes real quick, and then we'll be right back. (laughs) All right, we're back, folks. So we're doing this early because I'm going to Austin. I know. For the first time. I'm going to Texas, which I know I'm scared. I'm not. I don't know if I'm emotionally ready for a Texas adventure, even though. It's Austin. Know, Austin is like the liberal, gay, queer yeah. kind of like. It's also you're going to Austin South by weird Southwest. Type of yeah. Thing. You're going to yes. South by Southwest. So- I am going to South by Southwest. First time ever. I've heard about the uh, the conference for a while. Actually, I was supposed to go when I used to work in tech mm. back in 2008, but I, I forgot something happened and I didn't get to go. And since then, I just uh, I've never been to a film fest. I, I'm going for the film festival specifically. Cool. Not the comedy. Not the music. Not the tech festival. The, all four are included in South by Southwest. But the film festival I'm going for because uh, a friend of mine, John Coulomb, he co-wrote uh, and produced uh, a, a film along with another friend of mine, Bill Posley, and he directed it, called a movie called Bitch Ass. Yeah. And it is an indie horror um, about the first masked black serial killer. <laughs> and I am so excited it's getting written up in um, the trades. It's on like multiple hot lists. Wow. WME has taken it on as a sales agent. So we are Whoa. very, it's so fucking exciting. Oh my I God. have a feeling this movie's going to sell. I think, I think they're going to sell it to a, you know, a production company or studio or something like that. And I think they're going to make ticket price. I think it's going to be wide released. I really do. I'm so excited for it. That is I happen crazy. to be so crazy. I have nothing to do with it except I throw a little money at it. Yeah. Very small amount. And they gave me an associate producer credit, That's which is I so want. nice of them. I want to do for you. I want the exact same experience. <laughs> I literally wanna walk in these footsteps. I wanna go yeah. I wanna I wanna go next year to look at you and I will tell Ajima uh, listeners, yeah. I'm going to South by Southwest. To help promote. No, we're going to Sundance. <laughs> you and I are going to Sundance. I, I've decided. Because I want to go to Utah. I want to go to Utah. It's so beautiful. You Have you ever been to Utah? Yes. It is, it is very beautiful. Magical. Yeah. It looks otherworldly. Um, you know, Austin is whatever. I, I don't know anything about Austin. I, I'm going to be there tomorrow. So I'll, it's, I'll it's let you guys nice. know once it's I'm cute. back. It's tiny. You've been? No, 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 no. Oh, okay. You haven't. But I've been to but Texas. I hear it's tiny. Yes, it's it's like I, like actual on a map. It's tiny. I've been to Texas yeah. multiple times. Um, Why? 
My friends, I have a couple of friends from there. Um, there's like no a, offense to anyone who lives in Texas. Yeah. I'm just wondering, like, why Unchi Kim would be in Texas? I mean, yeah, I have a couple of friends from there. There's a you know, I mean, the coastline of Texas is actually quite beautiful. Um, okay, it's like it's on the Gulf of Mexico, like you know, it's Mexico, yeah. it's northern Mexico. Exactly, exactly. We stole that whole chunk anyway. Exactly, and they're relieved. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, the whites there are of a different kind. Next I mean, level. It's the home of Joe Rogan. Mm-hmm. So we, there's a lot to expect. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for two like schmooze with filmmakers. It's like pre-COVID I'm vibes. It's pre-COVID vibes. Yeah. Uh, although like everything, you have to be vaxxed and masked. Of course, and blah, blah, of course. Blah. But what, so I'm down. I'm vaxxed and masked all the time here. So like it's no big deal for me. And it's the first time I feel like, and by the way, I'm going to be working the entire time. So like I won't have my days free. So I'll be like really busy in Austin and I have a family member there. So like there's a lot to do. Yes. Um, and, and people to see. So I'm excited, but I'm trying to like make sure that I don't like go overboard, especially with like the par- partying because you know, yeah. I know how it can get. Yes. I, you know, one a couple of tequila shots in and I'm sure blacked out. I'm on the bar. Can't, you know what I mean? Like stuff's going wrong. <laughs> well, is this like your first, I guess, like non. No, you've been on other trips. You've been like to you. I guess you've been on writing retreats, but nowhere like for a vacation Business trip. Yeah. This is still not even a vacation, right? Because I'm working, um, but it is my first kind of like. No, I went to Chicago. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's not my first, yeah. but it'll be the first like big like festivaly industry type of thing, right? Which feel because JFL uh, when I did JFL just for laughs, they did not send us to Montreal, which yeah. usually it happens there. Yeah. <laughs> and we did it in um, East Koreatown. So it felt, <laughs> it felt pretty janky, the whole experience. If I, I'm not going to lie. It didn't feel great. But, you know, so as far as like a festival type of feeling thing, this is the first one in a very long time. And it's so legit because I'm going for a film that got picked. That's getting and buzzed about? That's getting buzzed about. You're, <laughs> so you're, you're, you're attached to a buzzy movie. That's so exciting. That's so exciting. I've never been attached to anything buzzy. <laughs> and I'm so proud of my friend John um, and Bill because they really did this with their scraps. They took out credit cards. Like they did the damn thing. Wow. Indie, indie as fuck. Yeah. Like I think they actually had an indie go go. Yeah. You know, that's where I donated. Yeah. And you they they did this from the ground up which i'm so impressed with i know and as i go into um so i gotta tell you so that short film that i'm directing i got a producer a korean producer oh my god yeah her name is amy kim and she is currently doing my budget for me Ah! (laughs) isn't that fucking nuts she's literally doing like she already has like um a location scouting stuff happening like she she is on top of it like we had our kickoff call yeah 
a few days ago and she was like okay we'll get this 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 and then i'm thinking timing here blah blah and i'm like oh my god someone's in charge yes <laughs> it feels so good like amy take the wheel like yes yes absolutely amy take the wheel and i'm i'm very excited to to learn from my friends who who have financed the film on their own built it from scratch and and, and you know got it colored mixed right. etc cetera, etc cetera. and now is is at a point where they could submit it places right. to to film festivals etc and hopefully later wide release and that's really giving me a lot of hope i know cuz i've only done it the other, i haven't i've never done it no that's not true i i've done indie projects but Never uh, at a uh, as a writer director, only as like actor. Sure, you know it's a very different. So, like, hat. It's a very different level of responsibility. Right, we were talking about it last yeah. week's episode that you went through it yeah. and you were in charge of everything. Yeah, and I, I'm so glad I have a producer because she gets to be the person that d- gets all the hard work done. Yes, and I get to go drop in and be like, so actors, what are we feeling? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, I also had a producer and I also have an EP. Like, that's like, like very much like a mentor relationship. Like, it's pivotal because I don't fucking know pivotal. anything. Like, what do I know? I don't know shit. I don't know shit. I, I, need, I need to hire someone who knows what they're I, doing. I've literally never, I've made one call sheet for, before in my life. And, you know what I mean? Like, on my own, yeah. filling in and like looked up template for a call sheet. Oh, and uh-huh. also took old call sheets and like X out all the old information. Like, you know what I mean? I have no idea. So tell me what the timeline was for John and Bill's indie films. Like, how long ago did they shoot? A year ago. They shot. Yeah. How long was the shoot? Um, maybe a, f- a couple of weeks. Wow. Okay. Two weeks, maybe. So Two, from yeah. so a year ago they shot, and before that, was it a full year of like scripting, financing? No, it wasn't a full year of scripting and financing. The script, uh, you know, I don't really know the timetable of the script, but the financing came pretty quickly mm-hmm. because they did it themselves. Right. So, you know, they either took out, borrowed or whatever. And um, they caught, they started everything immediately on their credit cards, which I was so excited about. because yeah. I was like, okay, I can do that then. I could put stuff on my credit card and then later raise more funds for post. Sure. You know, for stuff like that. So that felt cool. And I was, it, it, and they, it all in all, probably a year and a half. How much was the To film? this point. How much did they take out on loans? Um, I don't know, but it was not a lot. Like 25? Like they made this on, no, no, no. It's a feature length. So, um... I don't know. I'm guessing here, but maybe 200 at most. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that, not not anything close to what indie budgets are these days, which is million plus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which I don't even know how a, a regular indie person makes that. You have to come from money to do that. Like I don't, I don't yeah. understand how that's done. <laughs> I mean, I think that just means like three different people decide to take out a diff- another mortgage. Holy shit. That, I mean, that's crazy. To to take out another mortgage to do, finance a film, mm-hmm. I would, I, I don't know. That's not something I would do. Sure. Um, that's not, m- my skill is in the sale. Yes. So 
let me get someone else to pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, that's where I, I, I'm good. And that's what I was ta- talking to my friend about is that we we approach things, we approach the industry in such opposite ways. Like he approached it as like the, I'm just going to nose to the grindstone, sure. do this, do this, yeah. make it on my own and figure it out. Whereas... I'm the other way where I'm like, let me just go in with an idea and hopefully someone will give me money for it. <laughs> right. You're like, you're um, like a hot girl at a bar waiting for someone to buy her a drink energy. <laughs> and I'm at a gay bar and I don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't get why no one's buying me a drink. And uh, your friend is the bartender. <laughs> 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 My tab is maxed out. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I get that. I mean, I I I think that I I all have the impulse to just like try really hard and like figure it out on my own. But because I'm so clueless, I think mm. that I uh, wind up being like just entering a room being like, does anybody like this? Mm-hmm. You know, even though I would just I think in my mind I would just be someone that like would work to, but I'm so clueless. Mm. I don't even know where to begin. But now that I'm learning more and more, I find myself, I think, like um, being less intimidated by the idea of just going sure. at it. And I, I think you yeah, are as well. Yeah. Just, you become less intimidated by the idea that you could just do it. Yes. I Well, that and I just don't have – I don't have the finances. Oh, yeah, I just no. don't have the money to do it. No. Like if someone doesn't give me the money, like I just don't have the actual funds to put up. And there's no way I'm mortgaging a home because I don't own one. <laughs> and I'm not going to take out a, you know, I don't have, I'm not going to take out a loan because right. I don't want to be poor. Like I don't have that kind of fun. So I have to approach it the other way. Yes. And let me tell you this, white people have a network that can fund things like this. Yes. I'm not going to tiptoe around it. Korean America, you and me, our family members are hitting us up for money. Yeah. <laughs> they ain't donating to no fucking Kickstarter, no <laughs> funds, nothing, all right? They're like, no, you, the, you. there's a negative balance between our relationship. <laughs> my mom's calling me saying, where's the fucking house in Atlanta? Yes, I'm sure. There's no way my mom's giving me money for a creative venture. Yeah. Nor my aunts, nor my uncles, nor any of my fucking cousins. For a dream? An For idea? A- <laughs> <laughs> like, what? What Hell are you no. fucking talking about? A dream is the least yeah. sure thing I've ever heard of. Wait, you, want, you have hope? What the fuck are you Hell, talking about? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> so I will say, watching my friend do that, he is a white man, yeah. married to you know, a half white woman. Yeah. They, the whiteness mm-hmm. slash proxy for class sure. comes in handy. Yes, on things like this. I mean, you could have big donations, chunks of donations. I'm talking about ten, twenty thousand dollars at a time. Yeah, I mean, I don't know anyone in my family who has ten thousand dollars. Liquid cash. Liquid cash. No hell. No. Maybe in their mouth filled no. with gold. Oh, no way. Get the fuck out of here! Like in degrees, ten thousand dollars cash. Yeah, you better have a you better have a really good keton yeah. person <laughs> or a group to have ten thousand dollars cash. Yeah, honey, that's, that's crazy. 
Cash? That, for a dream? For a movie? A dream? This is what I'm talking about, folks. Listeners, us fuckers and Korean Americans, we can't dream like this. No. There's no pathway for us. Maybe when you and I, mm-hmm. Unji and I, become successful enough where our children or the next generation, mm-hmm. if your kid is like, one day, may it, you know, like, God bless, if he's like, I want to go into the arts, I need $15,000 for my indie feature film. Yeah. I hope that I can go, okay, let me write you a check for eight. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah, no. I, I want to be able to fund my next generation's dreams. Yeah, I wouldn't want to give Whether, it to my children. I'd like, I mean, maybe we should start Maybe not a, your kid. Yeah, I know what I mean. I don't want to, <laughs> I don't need, he doesn't need any help. I'm not, maybe but like. Some, some sort kid. Of fun, some sort that, of fund, sure. Like they can yeah. apply. Yeah, of course. Why not? Yeah, you go through an interview process yeah, yeah. and then maybe, you know, there's an oral essay or whatever. You know, there's some kind there, of. Some sort of examination and judgment yeah. will be brought down. Yeah, I'm not just believing in your I'm dream. just saying there might be a Scantron around. Yeah. But I. <laughs> But I that's where I'm being I'm really being motivated now as we turn this is our our year of 40 this is our year of 40 I know I know it's <sighs> impending Yeah it's and fine it's great it's exciting it's fine. yeah It's fine but because of that unlike 30 mm. where and I'm sure we'll have more conversations like this as your birthday comes around because it'll hit first Yeah but <laughs> In my, I don't know if this was for you, but like in 2012, mm. when we turned 30, mm-hmm. there was so much of this like, I haven't done this yet. I haven't figured this hope. out yet. Hope and potential. Yeah. 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 Uh, and more, more like um, shame almost around like, <laughs> look at everyone else in my life who's 30. Sure. And they've done A, B, C, D, E, mm-hmm. right? And I, I've maybe gotten to A. So I was there was a lot of like comparing myself. And this yes. is when I started comedy right. too, which is like, oh my God. Starting comedy at 30. Yeah, I know. I was like, rough. I was like, I think I was like in level four at IO. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Kill me. I know. So oh my god. <laughs> But anyway, so <laughs> maybe two. I don't remember. Oh, oh, chingro. It's so chingro. I think I about know, it. I'm just thinking about it. I, but anyway, so, so at that time, ten years later, as I round forty, mm. I'm not. I'm less like comparing myself to others and being like, "What have I not done? What have I not done?" It's more the energy of. Who do I want to be in my 40s? Yes. Like, what is... It's almost like I have more of a choice on who I can ride out as in my 40s. Yeah, I mean, the level of self-reflection, I think, has a different... Power. It hits different. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> like, I mean, I, I, 100%. I, I think that like... At 39, yeah. it hits different. <laughs> it does. Like, who are yeah. you? Why do you want to tell this? I mean, you know when yeah. you're talking about, you know, the networks that white people have, I think you see that in the kinds of stories that come out of the indie world. Like, they I'm are saying. typically yes. very white, very male, you know, and it is like a very yes. certain sort type of socioeconomic class. There, I think there's almost like more happening for um, like minority 
like creative like minority projects in Mm -hmm. like on a higher level because people are looking for these stories so much more aggressively Mm -hmm. on that level but this sort of like financing on the self like it's experiencing the same problems that we did on the other level which is about network who's the gatekeepers and this is so nakedly about class there's no Absolutely. other explanation. It's there not about not. just gatekeepers and tastemakers deciding. It's just straight up like you don't know that many, as many rich people because your family they just don't exist. Yeah, I know yeah. your family wasn't as rich. I mean, there, I think there are communities like that certainly, but that are also POC. But it's just not as accessible to as many of us. And of course, there are the outliers where there is a fucking super rich rich. I don't know, like Daniel Day Kim's son, I'm sure, has no problems financing whatever the fuck he wants to do. Yeah. Right? I mean, we got to find just... some Korean dentists that are looking for some, <laughs> you know what I mean? Some Korean to finance. Feed their, to feed dreams of strangers? Why? <laughs> Why would they feed us? I, listen, I worked at a restaurant that was, uh-huh. uh, the investors were all Korean dentists. And like all these Ajishis were like, oh had a, they were like Asian gangster oh dream. God. You know, it was just oh their God. dream. They wanted okay. to, you know what I mean? right. A restaurant that was described in the Sun Times as a, a place once it goes out of business could be used easily as a laser tag facility. <laughs> <laughs> easily. easily. Very little needs to be Here done to convert this. Sushi restaurant into a laser tag facility. Yeah. <laughs> when it inevitably closes down. By the way, this yeah. place is still where it's still open. So fuck you sometimes. They yeah. never that. Yeah. Sometimes sucks anyway. <laughs> fuck you. Rag. Um. <laughs> but like, I mean, the, the self level of I've been taught. I've been actually thinking about it a lot. Um, recently, the type of self-reflection and the nature of the work I want to do in the next year. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it does hit different because it's not as much about comparison. You feel much less anxiety about like proving yourself. Much less anxiety. It is. Um, I would, I, I would, I dare say a level of self-reflection that is worthy of that phrase. Whereas before I think mm. it was a lot more about uh, your projection, self-projection, how you seem to others and making sure that you built up an inner life that would create that projection. Whereas now, absolutely, it's about- At age 30, I was trying to figure out who I wasn't. Yes. You know? Filling and in now, the negative space, yeah. And now I know, I know who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe too acutely. Like I wish I knew myself. Okay, yeah, I, I wish I knew myself yeah, less. Maybe, I, honestly, I, I wish I could forget. <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> no, but it, you know, I think you're right. The self reflection at now at this age is especially at at our place in our careers too, mm-hmm. which is a very different place than level two at IO, and <laughs> you know. I know it's so I think it's I think so crazy. right I know Imagine if it wasn't how sad it would be <laughs> I would not be doing comedy or doing this podcast with you I would <laughs> <laughs> Come on But yeah it, 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 I think what I'm rounding out is you know this idea that not only personally but as a as a Korean American culture, I, I had a I had a general meeting today 
um, with an animation studio, and they were like, "What is a Peter Kim script?" And I was mm. like, "You know, these are really high I, level meetings." <laughs> yeah, very broad and vague. No, I'm just saying, like, <laughs> I, that's like a that's a pretty like um, high level ask. Like, I mean, I mean, like that means that they're really courting you in a way. You know what I mean? They're like interested in a. Yeah, they want to see. They, that's what yeah. like any general meeting really is with the studio. Is like, are we simpatico? But that's are another we layer. Alliance? I mean, that, that's a general, but that's like an extra. That's what I'm saying. That's like level extra two. Layer. Yeah, advanced level general. Well, here I am, baby. Yeah. Buckle up. <laughs> advanced general meetings one hundred one. <laughs> Come and get the class hot. Um. No, I, but it, it was a really interesting meeting. There, there was an Asian guy who, who was a developer, and. He was asking me, like, what is a Peter Kim script? And, you know, I was like, well, a Peter Kim script is a script that is always based on my own life. All my stories are autobiographical. Mm -hmm. And why that's important to me, and I kind of, like, stumbled onto it today at 1230, (laughs) was that... You know, and it's something you and I talk about a lot in this podcast about the identity of the bridge generation of the Korean American Mm -hmm. and how we live in these like syncopated worlds where we code switch so effortlessly that we almost have like multiple personality disorder where like we have to like we don't really there's no like resolve of who we are between these two divergent cultural, um, uh, uh, you know. Uh, influences and how we we are not only invisible today as 40 year olds we were invisible back then as 13 year olds so we had to borrow culture from the black community and the latinx community and you know like Mm -hmm. we as and he's even saying asian american is such a why it's like saying latinx like what there's a thousand different types of latinx like yes asian american whatever yeah sure okay but that that's why so specifically this this podcast is about Korean Americanism because that's something that we could all kind of pull through mm-hmm. that line, and when it comes to Korean American culture, they, we still don't see Hollywood investing in it. We there's so much investment from CJ Entertainment, Korea, Korea, South Korean Entertainment, you know, foreign, and it continues to push. Asians in America as foreigners Mm -hmm. as if we don't belong here you're the movies of of people and TV shows of people that look like you guess what do not speak English right and that's that's still I'm not saying it's bad to have pachinko on the air so exciting to have Minari in there so exciting Um, you know Parasite Squid Game earning all these accolades but all these things come back to the idea that we are perpetual foreigners. Whereas still today, I, name me one Asian American comedy or drama. It doesn't exist unless there's Kung Fu involved. It does not exist. Still right. till this, this day, 2022. The story It's psychotic. Yeah. yeah. Our stories are still muffled and not told. So anyway, all this to say a Peter Kim script is inherently at the core of it a korean american script Mm -hmm. meaning it's a reflection of a a entire generation not that i want to speak for all korean americans but 
at least I want there to be something in the the culture where people could point to and say this is good or this is bad. You want to be a data point. We don't even have data yeah, points. You just want to be one data point. You don't need to speak. I want to. Yeah, you don't need no. to speak for everybody. Just you want to be a data point. You want connect me along the yes, plot. Yes, exactly. We want an X Y axis. We want a graph. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's ask for that. Kind of crazy, but we, yeah. that. And then we want some data points, and then yes. we can, and that's it. We just I just have some data, and whatever line comes out of that comes out of that. But let's have some motherfucking data. <laughs> the fuck, man? Why is it so hard with all these streamers, all these networks, all these studios? And there's oh, wait, one second. Sorry, one second. I'm so sorry. I'll be right back. Bye. Hey, Peter. It's Phil. Real quick, I just had a question about the latest Ajima edit. I'll be okay. Oh, is everything okay, dude? Ow, 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 Jesus, what the fuck, man? What the fuck? Oh my gosh. Ow. You got fucking problems, dude. <sighs> Sorry about that. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how you're going to edit it, but we'll start back up here. <laughs> Sorry about no, that, I mean, Mike. Are you talking about... Um... You just, I went straight back into it, but it's the Korean American um, data point. And yes. you know, ultimately, I was just talking about this on a walk, but this Jungian idea about uh, the tension of opposites, how women, uh, people inside the queer community and people of color, by virtue of the space that they occupy, mm -hmm. have to lie outside of the mainstream culture because there's a part of your life that you have to keep secret. Whether or not as right. a person in the queer community, there's a part of you that you have to keep secret because you're either in the closet as a kid, as a POC, you're simply not seen. As a woman, there's a part of you and that you do not see in the culture. You have to hold two opposite, disparate ideas in your mind at the same time. This is the reason Always. why there are no female libertarians, there are no um, uh, queer libertarians, because that's it's fucking psychotic. You can hold two opposite opposing ideas. It's like... This is the example um, that as a person, as a woman, this is the tension of opposites. This is what the two ideas you can hold in your head at the same time. You can believe in law and order, the Dick Wolf universe and or the, uh, the concept of law and order. You can believe uh -huh. in it and, and understand the social contracts. And on the other hand, you can also believe and know that you will be raped by a cop. Okay, so like this is, that's, that's the tension of opposites. So that means that your understanding of reality is so much more nuanced and yeah. deep and so much more um, rich. So outside of the fact that as a person of color, as a Korean American person, that your scripts would reflect that, but the, the scripts will hold both things. It will hold, that's, those are two opposing ideas. That's a fucking rich ass script that's vibrant it's depth. that's depth that's vibrance honey that's like that's a whole that's an that encompasses a, a, a multitude right and yeah. all it is all it is is representing a point of view and that's all you need to do you're that's that's actually that's a shortcut for people that are in the industry that means that you don't have to employ um the shit doesn't have to be so fucking deep you don't need to try it's like the actual, it's already deep by virtue of it being not white. Thank you. So the point of and view. And male. Yes. And straight. So the point of view already affords you that depth, that vibration. You're right. I'm fucking killing it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a Peter Kim script, right? With the Peter Kim, you're getting richness. You're getting vibrancy. You're getting poignancy.
Yes, you're getting... <laughs> Um, you know, and at the end of the day, I think that's what they're asking is what is your creative point of view? My creative point of view is humor squeezed out of sadness. Yeah. I mean, and those are, those are two opposite ideas too, right? It's like, it's the fact that, um, someone who can be utterly of the culture, right? But by virtue of the fact they are not reflected in it has a a very much more acute view of what the culture is. Right. There's because no. It's always telling you that you're not it. That commentary, that sort of point of view, that perspective is so mm-hmm. utterly. It's how about this? The word might be um, devastatingly accurate. Ooh, incisive. I love that. It is incisive. That shit slices yeah. to your core. It does not mince words. No, because it because no. it sees you. It sees the culture, and because you're not of it. So what a beautiful gift that. Simply representing our voices, what a beautiful gift that gives the culture, right? Like, yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome, culture. <laughs> <laughs> you're fucking welcome, culture. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. All right, folks, it's time for... I <laughs> It's our section of the show where we talk about our I goals of the week. It's the moment where you go, oh, fuck. I am bringing shame upon myself and my family. What is happening? I'm disappointing myself. This week, my I go moment was, um, so I've been taking my dog to dog parks finally because he's vaxxed and ready to go okay wait dogs have to be vaxxed too yeah against covid no 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 oh. like <laughs> bordadella and parvovirus okay, and okay, a okay. bunch of like animal exotic shit. animal stuff okay <laughs> yeah it's like stuff you could get sick from eating poop and stuff like that uh, you know what I mean? okay 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 so he's at the dog park i should get and- vaccinated for that okay <laughs> Yeah, I'm eating, eating shit, shit all day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kissing ass all day, so same thing. Same thing. The brown rubs off. Yeah. <laughs> but I took him to the dog park. I've been taking him like almost every day, and now I'm seeing like similar people there. Sure. Like doggy friends, etc. You're finding your dog parent tribe. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And there's a, a dog that, um. He, he's a little he's a little chihuahua okay tiny guy mm-hmm. but as tiny dogs go very aggressive and he um is obsessed with my dog okay and one and always like is humping him right <laughs> and my dog's just kind of like get get off of me but one of the and i just let him do it because i'm like he needs to figure out what his boundaries are sure. like he'll tell this tinier dog to back the fuck up, right. you know? And then... Yeah, I mean, you're a sex-positive, kink-positive household. Thank you. Hello. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not here to shame. And But one of the days, this dog was all up on my dog, and my dog was just kind of, like, sitting there, like, pushed into the corner while he's humping him, and his entire dick came out, like, huge. Oh, my gosh. The dick... On this chihuahua was so big, I felt ashamed. (laughs) I was like, oh my God. 
God. Is my... Do we have the same penis? This chihuahua and I have the same exact penis. <laughs> and it, it was so big and it was out so much that the, after I pulled them apart, yeah. this chihuahua literally walked out of there like as if he was like he couldn't feel his ball you know he was just like like what what is that movement where it's like you're crab walking yeah Yeah, yeah. he's like crab and he's like on his heels because his balls were so his dick was so engorged yeah and so long his balls were so filled with doggy you know you're semen. yeah semen yeah Yeah, that (laughs) he couldn't walk straight and um, when I say I blushed. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh and this dog was literally like nine inches long. And, his and dick the penis was, was bigger. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> True. I was like, how is this tiny dog's dick so big? And I started to really question myself like, oh, and I've never like, you know, like whatever. We all have insecurities sure, about sure. our penises and stuff like that. But I had never felt ashamed of my penis because of a dog. And and I've seen dogs like lipsticks come out and stuff. Sure. But this was a different story. Red hot pocket in his it, socket. It was. Oh my god. <laughs> it was. I had to leave the dog park so fast, not because I was excited, because I was ashamed. You, like I couldn't look at this dog anymore. Wait, it was it just like the similarity in, like how your Length. dicks looked? No, no, no. Well, no. I, dogs' dicks look in, insane. Right. They look like like weird purple crayons or something. Yes. But um, no, no. The the absolute length of it. Yeah. I was like, this is too big for me to look at. Like, I didn't get aroused by it, but I felt ashamed by it, if that makes sense. Because it, like, cause it was so big that it, I, it, just, it just made me go like, how could it be... I can't believe I'm staring at. It wasn't a penis. It wasn't a doggy penis. Right. It was a cock. Full cock. This Chihuahua had a cock. cock. <laughs> okay, I mean, this is just like another. The motherfucker had girth. I is mean, what I'm saying. It's just like I just. So this is like an, another moment where Ajima uh, show is bringing you <laughs> some sort of like infor- important information about uh, appearances, not like not judging <laughs> a book by its cover. That like yeah. just because. A chihuahua is a chihuahua does not mean that it has a small dick because love is love is love. We are kink and sex positive here. Like, that's exactly wild. Exactly. Wild. I've never blushed because of a dog. But that explains the swagger. Exactly. That explains the fucking swagger. This dog has a penis of a gigantic dog, like a Great Dane. Oh, may I even say. A small horse, <laughs> like it was big. <laughs> I think, I think I heard it drag. Shut up. You know up. what I mean? Like, <laughs> no, no, because no, when you, I, I know exactly the walk, the crab walking. Yeah, it's like when where you you're like so engorged yes. that you can't. Yeah, or it's like at, like it's also the same dance you do when right post coming right exactly. post ejaculate, exactly. you have to yeah. crab walk to the bathroom. Exactly. Or when you forget, when you've pooed and you've forgotten, there's no more toilet paper, and then you have to walk to the another. You know what I mean? That's same the same walk. walk. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And you better believe I walked right out of there the exact same way. I was... <laughs> <laughs> okay, my embarrassed moment is nothing like that. <laughs> 
<laughs> Thank God. Thank God. We're being, I think PETA is like listening in on us right now. That is so wild. That's so that's so crazy. So crazy and gross. Um, I my 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 idol is um just about my taxes. Honestly, I um okay. Kim's oh did oh not God. make a lot of money this year, but she spent a lot of money. And uh, let me tell you, looking at that net positive for like the business expensive expenses, uh, Ungie to the Ungie business. Oof, that was I was telling you before we got on the pod. Uh, did make me feel ashamed. Um. Uh, I was, I think it was a very small net positive, but uh, yeah, I mean, negligible, negligible. (laughs) I did at one point kind of like start to like negotiate with myself and my husband. I was like, but you don't understand. I make most of my money in Venmo. And then at one point I was like, you know, most of my wealth is actually wrapped up in crypto. All lies, Ah! all lies, (laughs) all lies, by the way. Like I just, oh. just like trying to make myself feel and better. You guys, you guys uh, file jointly because you're married, right. so he gets to see everything. Yeah, <laughs> that's gotta be. Oh, talk about Jokpalya again. Like I can't. I mean, oh, like just no, uh, no, just considering all my lotions and potions and like um, the cost of all of that. To yield in like to yield no, no rolls. Wait, do you write off your skincare? Of course. Oh my god, what am I doing? Yeah, aren't you on camera? Do you not put in yeah, self tape? I, mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I do, but yeah. And honey, Whoa. you book. Of course, you should. Whoa! Put that. I totally never even thought about doing that. Yeah, I used to put in oh my, my uh, subscription. What about to, clothing? Uh, I used to put in a subscription to my um newly subscription service into it but this year my cosmetic uh expenses were um so high that i was like this is gonna be pushing it <laughs> like i can't i can't even justify well you look great yeah. kid you look great i just i was like i can't justify buying these clothes given that i have booked no rolls like i can't <laughs> I can't try to say it's like I me. Uh, That's I, not true. You booked. Yes. This, you booked. You're the first thing you did was fucking <laughs> do a Hulu thing this year. I mean, which I, we are still keeping a secret. Yeah, we are still keeping a secret. No, I think I it just believe. came out. But like, I mean, on uh, the deadline. What do you came mean? Out. Just came out. The deadline it just came. The deadline came out on it. So like. Oh, I saw the deadline. Yeah, yeah it's fine. Okay, it's fine. I think at this point. But like, um, I mean, I was. I just I but I haven't booked any like sort of fiction non non reality you know it's like all right one step at a time so yeah okay. we'll see one step yes. at a time but yeah, of course you, you have to, you're you have, booking you have to write all that shit off what are you talking about I didn't fucking realize oh yes. my god what am I doing I used to yeah. try to flag all my Ubers to my shows oh yeah you should definitely do that yes. there's like something with two auditions like where you can take it to auditions from that but not from. Mm-hmm. I remember that all that stuff. Wow. Well, um, I I remember what that's like to come in um, barely net positive. <laughs> I'm talking. I'm talking dimes. But I was dimes. I was never Several married, so that died with me and my account. You know what I mean? Like no one ever saw my AGI. But the fact that you have to like your your partner knows every diamond nickel that is coming in and out. Like oh my god. I can't and and, and then and then for me to stand in front of him and say, so are, can we still continue to believe and invest in my dream? Uh, I'm trying to finance an indie independent movie. 
Do you think you could give me $15,000? You know, um, we're desperate till we're not. And we're we're just creatives trying to make a name for ourselves. I'm just a girl standing in front of a wealthier person asking them to fund your your passion project. (laughs) Well, that's all the show we have for today. Thank you so much for listening. Check out the Patreon. Also, save the date. We are going to be in Chicago. Yes. Doing a uh, live Ajima show um, on June 12th. That's correct. At the the lauded Steppenwolf Theater. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the like garage types. Yeah, <laughs> but, like the, the Black Box Theater, but still. Yeah, the Black Box Theater, but we will be yeah. at the Steppenwolf branded theater on June 12th in Chicago. So if you're in Chicago, make sure you have that date circled. All yes. right. Take, well, the, as soon as tickets are ready, we will release them to the Patreon first and then the rest of you. But also that week, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, 17th, 18th, and 19th, we will be in Washington, D.C., D.C. Comedy Loft. Ajima Show is going on the motherfucking road, yeah! baby! Finally! So if you have East my mom's coming down, by the way. Are you serious? My mom and her friend are coming down to D.C. So I'm going to tell all my New York friends. I'm like, it's only four hours. Just fucking come down. Have a weekend with us. See? East Coast people, have a weekend with yes. us. It's going to be so fun. Yes. It's Father's Day weekend and I don't have a dad. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> all right. Check us out on all the socials. We love you. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.